This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. Smart Food Air Popped Popcorn is flavored with delicious white cheddar cheese. And at only 70 calories per cup, snack a little smarter this year without giving up your favorite snacks. Reveal what else you're never going to give up in 2022 for a chance to win $1,000. Official rules at NeverGonnaGiveItUp.com. No purchase necessary. Enter by February 27th, 2022. 17 plus. 50 US, DC, and PR. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Bath Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started, because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April, and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show. Welcome. This is 2022, and I'm so excited to be back on the show with you guys. And as you may notice that things are looking a little different because we have a different format and a lot of different changes. Well, one of the main changes that we have this year is I have a new co-host. Her name is Coach K. And you're going to see and hear from her. She is definitely an expert in the field. And one of the things that I like about Coach K are that it's like, oh my gosh, I really got to have her as part of my co-host. It's because she believes in the same thing about intimacy. It is such an, an important thing, especially in these times of um, how the earth and how everything is going on today. Intimacy is so critical. And so I'm going to welcome Coach K in a few moments, but I wanted to let you guys know that she is one of my um, new things for this year that's coming up. The other new thing that you'd like to notice is like, wow, well, I've never seen you like live on whether you're looking at um, LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. We have a new platform here on bringing intimacy back. This is the first time that we're doing this and we're using StreamYard. And so, and I have some wonderful new assistants that are helping me out and I want to just give them a call out and thank them. Maritza and Avril, thank you so much for getting this show on today. Um, this is just amazing. And so as we start the new year off, one of the things that I really like to start the new year off, it's when I start the new year off, I like to start the new year off thinking of, you know, what is going to be my focus, what's going to be the thing that really um, inspires me throughout the year. Um, last year, I had a great um, guest on that helped us with that. And I'm going to come back to that. But um, she's joining us again. But I'm just going to give you a little hint on that part. But anyway, what one of the things that inspired me throughout the year is having a word of the year. A word of the year it's a word that helps you feel inspired, helps you feel um, purpose. And so for me, my word of this year, I actually have two words because we're in 2022. So my two words for this year are wisdom and patience. And so um, today, as we're starting something new, 
It may look a little funky and we may have some other things, but please give us patience on, on how to bring it up and having everything ready for the show. So, and I will also um, have more patience. It's because patience is something that we can all strive for. And even as I think about today of January 6th, um, when I was watching the news today, today is a really special day in our history. It's a day that kind of changed the little things in our lives. And there's a lot of tensions because of all the politics and of course, COVID and stuff. And so for your listeners that are out there, please consider today as a day also, as you move on throughout your year, of a day of us learning to have patience with one another. Patience on that we're all different and we all have different opinions, which is fine, but let's be respectful and choose wisdom in our words to be um, authentic in what we say, but also patience so we don't hurt other people's feelings. One of the um, things that we do here on bringing intimacy back is that we also have a nonprofit that we really love to highlight throughout the month. And one of the highlights of the nonprofit that we're going to highlight to, uh, today is empowerwomen.org. It is a great organization because um, as we are gonna talk later on today with um, a woman who has, let's say, inspired and also has had a business also, empowerwomen.org helps women create businesses, nonprofits, and it helps us find out kind of what we're really good at and also provides resources to help us get there. So if you're out there and you're thinking, well, maybe I'm thinking about wanting to create a business, do a business, or I'm, I'm not sure, check out empoweredwomen.org because that's what that organization is for. Um, Coach K is it's still, I'm not sure if Coach K is available to say hello at the moment, but if not, um, when she pops up, Definitely. Um, to be able to I say am. Hello. hello, everybody. Oh, hi, Coach K. How are you doing? I am just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So what how has your holidays and new year been? So far, so good. It it came in like a lamb. So I'm hoping that it doesn't change into the lion, like you know, the usual springtime. So I'm really excited about this. New year and to see what's coming. And I love your words of the year. Oh, yes. Do you have a word for the year? I know I, I didn't prepare you for this, but. <laughs> you know, I officially don't have a word of the year just yet. Um, typically, one day it will hit me. And okay. then that will be what I live in and, and live towards um, ongoing. So. I guess it just hasn't hit me yet. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's still the beginning of the year. And I'm I'm glad that you said it, it has to hit you because in reality, it does. You know, I feel like it's sometimes that I, as you guys will hear me talk about, that inner spirit will talk to you and say, hey, this is something that you may need to focus on and that aspect. Have you previously had a word of the year? I have not, but I believe that, I guess officially I have not, but now that I think about it, there's always something, a word or something that generally will just, 
you know, you can't figure out where did, where did this come from? Why am I thinking about this? So maybe I have and just didn't realize that that was coming to me each and every year. So <laughs> I appreciate you bringing that forward so that I can recognize, hey, that may be what what I keep thinking about this word for. Right, right. And so if you're out there listening, you're like, what are you guys talking about? Yes, please um, comment or tell me what your word of the year is. Um, how I utilized my word of the year, last year's word was fearless. It came out to me and it was fearless. And so when I had something of conflict or I didn't know which way to turn, I would use that word. Is this going to make me more fearless or less fearless? And I would use that word. So this year, um, last year, toward the end of last year, I had some technical issues and stuff. And so I'm always, um, you know me, I like to do a lot of things. And so learning how to be patient was something that inspired me that this is what I needed to do. And also how to um, be wise in the decisions that are coming up. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And it, it, it helps to almost guide how things will be moving forward. Yes, yes. So if you're listening out there, please let us know what your word of the year is. Um, Coach K, can you tell us a little bit about where you're at and where do you practice and what you do? Absolutely. Well, my name is Kanye, but I do go by Coach K. So in addition to being a life coach, I am a certified sexologist as well as a, a certified doula. So everything about intimacy, I love. Um, and I do have kind of two focal points. I work with women um, with understanding, acknowledging, and, you know, their values, self-worth, and setting personal boundaries. And I do this through self-love accountability and truly supporting you in owning your sexuality. Um, because for me, as women, when we own our sexuality, we truly show up differently in the world. But I also work with couples on their intimacy literacy. Because a lot of times we're, we're saying the same things, but we kind of miss the boat. So just you know, being that that coach is saying, hey, let's get that intimacy literacy together. Um, so that is who I am, married mother of five and a dog. <laughs> Very excited to be joining you um, in this, this new journey that, for bringing intimacy back. Yes, well, I'm so excited to have you on, the, on our show as the co-host. And I look forward to our journey together. And definitely um, for you, I know you use the word accountability, for you to keep me accountable, to be um, patient, um, wise, and of course, what our topic is today is authentic. That's going to be really easy because I, um, even when I was a guest last year, from the from the moment that we were able to to speak, that's what I've seen of you. So be pretty easy. Yes. It's okay. Thank you. Yeah, so as we um, start to talk about our topic today, which is definitely authentic power, um, what does that bring to you when you think about that phrase there? Uh, honestly, I think about the just tapping fully into yourself, um, being able to recognize the power that you hold over pretty much anything in your in your path anything within your your being um and just the transparency of it 
you know, not necessarily saying, well, I need this thing to do this thing versus I can just do this. My authentic, my, my almost natural given power, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. So I just think of that natural power that is within you to just move forward in life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that natural power, um, last year, as, you, as I told you, my word was fearless. But one of the things that inspired that fearless was learning how to speak my voice. And we had a wonderful guest on last year. And she talked about learning how to speak authentically, know, know the power of your voice. And guess what? I'm bringing her back on. The awesome. show. Yes, yes, yes. So if you're out there listening and you really want to know how can I hear my voice, how can I find my authentic power, how can I make differences and changes in my lifestyle, in my relationship, stay tuned. We have an awesome guest coming up. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a moment. Defining intimacy. Intimacy is into me you see, an intense connection, a mutual and respectful vulnerability to open and share oneself, a synchronized one-on-one -on -one connection between two people. When two people authentically know and care for each other, improving intimacy helps couples feel and see each other's perspectives. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy show, where intimacy is real. I'd like to welcome our guest for today, um, our returning guest, Ashley Bernardi. Welcome, Ashley. Oh, Dr. April and Coach K, thank you so much. It is such an honor and pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you again for returning to be our guest on the show here. And Ashley, you talked about it last year, but it came to big fruition, this beautiful book of authentic power, giving yourself permission to feel. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you guys like, well, I don't know about Ashley, but I think I've heard about her. Yeah. She is accomplished. She's an entrepreneur. She's a journalist, a publicist, an award-winning podcaster also. So welcome. And she's done a lot of brave work on helping leaders by teaching you how your darkest hours, how to move forward, to undercover, to feel, heal, and grow. Welcome to the show oh, again. Thank you. I'm so excited. I just be, I remember our conversation last time and it just lifted me up. So really excited for today. Oh, awesome. Yes. And so as we start this show, one of the things that we always start off is discussing what does intimacy mean to you? Oh, I love this question. And I, I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be different from the last time you asked this to me. But to me, intimacy is really a, a lot has to do with authentic power. Intimacy means like me having a relationship with self, uh, with myself and honoring and accessing my wisdom within. 
uh, in turn and taking that that wisdom and connection with myself and spreading it with others. So I think we can be intimate with ourselves in a loving and gentle way. And it's by getting quiet and still and in turn using intimacy um, and um, connection as a way to help heal uh, ourselves and also connect with others because I think connecting is such a huge part of our healing journey. And I talk about that in my book too. So um, I think intimacy has a lot to do with authentic power, which is like so timely for our discussion today. (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. And so the last time you were on the show, you talked about finding your voice and now you're talking about authentic power. Can you also tell us what is authentic power and how do you connect those two? I love that. So, uh, you know, it's it's so interesting because I do I love that you asked Coach K like what is authentic power to you because it is likely it can mean different things to different people. I'm actually hosting a workshop right now where we're diving into what is your mean your own personal meaning of authentic power. So, I'm going to tell you what authentic power means to me. Authentic power is that wisdom that we already have within us. I feel like we are, you know, and and Coach K, I know you are a life coach and I'm also certified as a life coach. And what I've learned through my certification is that we are the experts of our own lives, but oftentimes we don't listen and we don't trust uh, that wisdom that we already have within us. So what authentic power means is to get quiet and still turn off that noise and listen to that voice that you hear inside you And then in turn, trusting that voice. What is that voice telling you? Trusting that that and knowing that, okay, I believe this, I trust this, and this is what I need to know right now. That is my authentic power. Um, And so I, and like I said, it could be a different definition to others, but that in my healing journey and a very long healing journey that I've been on is what I've learned to be mine. Wow. And you know, um, Ashley, so many people have a hard time just being quiet and still. Yes. <laughs> I do. I mean, let me say this. I was, um, for anyone listening that is like, how could I get quiet and still? That was me. I am a recovering person who never got quiet and still. Uh, and as an example, you know, I'm a former network TV producer. I traveled the world covering breaking news stories. I would never get still because if I got still, that meant I had to deal with my feelings. So mm. I feel like the fear of stillness could potentially be a fear of feelings of feeling your feelings. And I used to numb myself out with work, with destructive relationships, a destructive relationship with alcohol, with people pleasing, with lack of boundaries. That was for me, my own trauma response to just not wanting to feel my feelings. So I learned that when I did get quiet and still, and I will say this, when I first tried to get really quiet and still, I one, had no choice because I was suffering from a debilitating health crisis. But two, I even if I wanted to quiet my mind, I could do it for 10 seconds. No more, no more. So it is all about taking baby steps for anyone who's listening today. If you are wanting to get quiet and still, 
go at a baby step pace. You do not need to try to get quiet for 30 minutes and listen to that voice. Just take 10 seconds of maybe that's two deep breaths in and out and then see how you feel afterwards. And then just slowly start building up to that. So Dr. April, to your point, yes, I know how hard it is to get quiet and still. That was me for nearly 25 years of my life because I didn't want to deal with the trauma that I had buried within me. Right, right. And if anyone's out there listening and they're like struggling with how to quiet your storm, if you have questions, please feel free to join our chat and to put it out there. Um, Ashley, I know last time you talked a little bit about your trauma. Um, could you share with the audience, because they may not have known about some of the things that you've experienced, so they yeah. know that it's not just, you know, that easy to get quiet after trauma. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and I, I will say this, I believe right now we are all going through a collective trauma that oh. is a pandemic. Yes. We're all experiencing trauma. We all would be of service to ourselves to get quiet and still right now. Um, so I wanted to start there. But for my personal trauma, um, I have to take you back to my childhood uh, when I was 11 years old. Um, I had I grew up in a very happy, stable family with a loving mother and father and a little sister. My dad was uh, in the military, so we moved around. I was born in Germany. I lived in California. We ended up in Washington, D.C. because he worked at at the Pentagon. And there was one night where he wasn't feeling well. And I tucked him into bed. We had just finished watching a family movie. I told my dad that I loved him. And he said, I love you too, honey. And those were the last two words that we ever said to each other. And just a couple minutes later, he, um, my mom was tucking me in and he started moaning and it turned out that he was, um, experiencing a heart attack. And, um, so I was right there. My mom and sister were right there. And my sister, my nine-year-old sister at the time and my mom tag team CPR on him while I ran out as an 11 year old to call 911. You know, we didn't have cell phones back then. It was like, I had to go downstairs to my dad's right. office, call 911. And, um, then I ran out to get help. For the neighbors and then what happened next was like like and i think this happens with a lot of people who experience trauma i blacked out it was like my body mm. could and could do no more so what i remember next is being in a beautiful room in a hospital and it was like this really pretty pink room and my sister was sitting next to me and i was waiting for mom and dad like thinking oh gosh like can't wait to see them and give them big hugs and my mom came in and said you know your dad gone to heaven. And that just my wow. world was crushed there. So, you know, with the layer of having lost my father as a child, but also having to experience the loss, you know, that he died in front of me was so traumatic. Um, I used to never be able to talk about it. And in fact, what I did after um, he died was I, I truly did not want to talk about it. I didn't, I, I had multiple grief counselors attempt to help me. Um, I didn't want to talk. I rejected it. It was just the trauma was so painful that I just didn't even want to go there. And I remember even having friends in high school. Um, I remember my first boyfriend, I never told him that my dad died. Like he would just come mm -hmm. over and just not know what was going on with my family because I could not bring it to my mouth to verbalize that my father had passed away. And when you bury trauma, what I've learned that when I, when I, when I buried my own trauma, um, I learned later on in life that it comes out in other ways. So for me at the time, I didn't know this, but it was coming out in dishonesty and people pleasing, lack of boundaries. Like I said, I had a work addiction. I had destructive relationships. I had a destructive relationship with alcohol. 
Um, and what I think is really interesting, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is that on the outside, I looked like I was fine. I was an Oscar-worthy actress for putting wow. on that strength. Um, right. and to just give you an example of, of like on paper how good it, I looked and how, how much I was actually fooling people was like in high school, I was captain of my dance team. I was secretary of my class. I had a great group of friends. In college, I was president of my sorority. I was an editor, an award-winning editor of my school newspaper. And then afterwards, I went to... Um, I, I was a producer at CBS News, where I, instead of dealing with my own trauma, I was covering breaking news, covering the most devastating oh my gosh. stories of uh, that in the world. So as an example of what I covered, I covered the Virginia Tech massacre. I covered missing wow. children, um, murders, you name it, I covered it. And it, in, it, in the ironic way, it was a way of me working on other people's traumas and not having to deal with my own. Right. So there are people walking around that um, we may not know that are traumatized, that have so much stuff going on and yeah. they may look and smile and I mean, you're a beautiful person, but they really have a lot of stuff going on. And yeah. I don't think people, um, one of the things, even in the sense of what happened last year on this day, people don't understand what's going on underneath this yep. Yep. shelter things that we put out there yeah yeah yep exactly people we don't know we, i put on this mask of strength for so long and it wasn't until another trauma hit me over my head when i was in my early 30s i was a mother to two young girls at the time starting run to run a business happily married and i started suffering from these insane health symptoms it started with what felt like a stomach flu and uh, it, 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 the stomach, it was like the stomach flu that never went away. And um, it got, it only got worse. So like I couldn't eat anything. Everything was going right through me. I felt like I had the flu every day. I had fatigue. I had brain fog. And I was written off by doctors just being told that, oh, you're just a, you know, a, a mom of two kids under three or two or whatever they were at the time. You're just anxious. You're just depressed. So I was written off and written off and written off. Do you think those were like PTSD symptoms? Well... Yes, I do. I mean, like, I think that I, I think it was trauma. Like, trauma. Yes, for sure. I had the the mystery illness, but I wow. think it was um, exasperated by bearing my trauma. So then I got pregnant with my third child, and those symptoms mysteriously went away. The physical symptoms went away, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm fine now." Thinking everything was fine. All right, back to normal. Ashley, continuing to go about my life, and then when Scarlett, my third baby, was born. It was like those symptoms came back times 100. I mean, mm. I was vomiting in the hospital. I had a fever. My my face went numb. My arms went numb. I was dizzy. I was sent home like that. I kept going back to the hospital because I was so sick. And it got to the point where I was bedridden and couldn't care for my children. And on top of that, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. So I had postpartum depression and this mystery illness at the same time. And so it was finally like one more doctor. I had seen like 30 doctors at this time diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, stress, anxiety, uh, postpartum depression. Nobody could figure out what was causing the physical symptoms. And finally, one doctor um, looked at me after me 45 minutes crying with like a book this thick of me trying to keep track of my medical history because I'm a journalist and that's what I do. She looked at me and she was like, you have Lyme disease. 
Uh, you're so far gone at this point. I had like encephalitis in my brain. I couldn't see. I lost my vision um, like on and off all day long. And she's like, I'm going to treat you with antibiotics. And um, if that works, you're going to need a pick line to your heart with IV antibiotics. And so from there, that's where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting some answers. But still what I found was that the physical healing, there was so much more underneath. Um, I'll never forget the one, one day when I had surrendered myself to God, it got really spiritual for me. I had just gotten back from the hospital because I had another crazy dizzy spell and lost control of my bowels. I tried to stand up. I collapsed on my floor and I was just like, all right, God, take me now. This is way too hard. I surrender or don't take me, but everything is now in your control. And from that moment, when I got quiet and still, and I gave myself permission to actually feel the feelings, all these other crazy feelings from my past started bubbling up. And I was like starting to feel feelings from my dad's death, from the trauma. And I allowed myself to feel it the first time in like five years. Ashley, because your book is is specifically about that, giving yourself permission to feel. Yes. What does that mean of giving yourself permission? Oh, I love that. Right. Remember when I told you I was that Oscar worthy actress? I was, I would say no to feelings. I would numb out my feelings with alcohol or with whatever else. So to give yourself permission to feel is to actually acknowledge and have the awareness and surrender to the feelings that are there. And sometimes, you know, you can experience them as if they're just passing clouds. That's fine. But I also now what I believe is that feelings are meant to be processed and acknowledged and we're meant to learn from them. And through my healing journey, I I taught myself something which I now call the feel framework. And it's something that has worked for me um, because I find that if you want to access your own authentic power, which again is like getting quiet still within and listening, because I know somebody asked the question is being still is also authentic. Yes, you can be still, it can lead to being authentic, but you then need to listen to what that inner calling, that inner knowing, that inner voice is telling you. So I learned about, I learned to teach myself this through the feel framework. So first you focus. Focus on that emotion. What is that emotion that you're feeling? So for me in those dark days of Lyme disease, I was feeling the emotion of grief, of loss, of trauma. Like, But the feelings of losing my dad came bubbling up all over again. And instead of like numbing it out or pushing it back down, I was like, all right, let's go. I'm going to go into it. So that's the next That's the next part of the feel framework is enter. And this is the part that's the hardest for people to do. People do not want to feel that anger or feel that grief or feel that trauma. Our society, we're taught to just put on that mask of strength and just keep going about our day. Happy lives. I'm a mom of three kids. Everything is great with me. When really I'm I'm sad. I'm missing people. I'm grieving. And so enter within that emotion. Next is experience that emotion. So that can look different for anyone. So for me, what it means to experience emotions, it could mean sitting still and meditating. It could be crying. It could be journaling. It could be breathing through that emotion, but just allowing that emotion to almost like seep into you and feel it. And then ask yourself, what is this emotion here to teach me? So that's the last part of the feel framework, which is listen, learn, and love that emotion back. And I think that, you know, I, I always like to say, like, we have these messy and uncomfortable emotions for a reason. And the same, 
the same reason that we have joy and happiness, but we don't give ourselves a chance to actually experience them when what my think my truth is that they're here to teach us something. And so for me and all this processing that I've done with my father's death and grief, I have such a beautiful relationship with him now, even in death, because what I've learned that grief has taught me, what I've learned from grief is that I had such an incredible dad and I, like so many people are not blessed with having someone who, a fatherly figure who had that type of love. And even though it was only 11 years, it was a beautiful 11 years. And now I hold on to that memory and I talk about my dad and I'm so healed from, I do truly feel now healed from the trauma because I've allowed myself to move through it and process it. And I'm talking to you about it. Six years ago, I would never be able to talk to anyone about it. And I think one of the most, the last thing I'll say, and I know I've said a lot, one of the most beautiful things that I've done to just acknowledge my my trauma, even this year, I used to never go visit my father's gravesite. It was way too hard for me. And this year, for the first time ever, by myself, I ran the Army 10 miler in Washington, D.C. in honor of my dad. And then I went to visit his gravesite by myself 27 years later, first time ever by myself. And it was so beautiful and healing. And I had a conversation with him. I laughed. I cried. I allowed myself to feel. And I'm here today to talk to you about it, which is like such a miracle in and of itself. So anyways, I'll stop myself there. (laughs) Ashley, you had so much to say, which is so wonderful in the sense of talking about giving yourself permission to feel. I'd like to welcome Coach K back. And then we had some technical (laughs) things. Yes. But Coach K, I was wondering, um, because I've seen it, have you had clients who have said, you know, I don't feel? The numb clients. Um, I I was that numb person (laughs) in life at some point. So, yes, that is. I think it's so it's way more common than what we would like to even recognize because there are not a lot of people who are in that numb state that know that they're numb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of, um, and I'm thinking, I don't know if it comes into the, your part of focus or enter, um, but I think it's fear. Absolutely. I don't know where that comes in, Ashley or Coach K, where do you guys think that comes in? And if, you guys have any comments or questions added to this um, topic about feeling your emotions, because that's the only way you can heal. But some of it comes in that fear. I'm not sure where that falls in the stages. I was so scared to feel my emotions. And, and the fear comes in when I think on the E part of feel with the first E, which is enter. Nobody right. wants no one wants to give themselves permission to feel that anger, that shame, that grief, that sadness. It's so much easier to numb yourself out. I was numb. I was completely numb. I would or or numb or ignore um, or just push back down. And I do think that um, the fear is is a driving factor to push that away and not give yourself permission to feel. I also feel like we are socially conditioned in our society to act like everything is okay. And just like, oh yeah, go about our day when you're really feeling sadness and and grief and fear. Um, it's hard to open up and be vulnerable and feel like you have a safe space to talk about it. And what's easier, what is so much easier at that moment is to bury it back down. But that comes at the detriment could for like could be like me years later where 
this Lyme yeah. disease was actually exasperated like 20 times worse because I had trauma buried within me. I mean, right. And I would also say, um, thinking about this, it's also mm, anger because many people just express a lot of anger. And, you know, that's a reflection of anniversary of last year. Oh, yeah. And they think that is the only, that's the feeling. But I always say to clients, there is something underneath that anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Coach Kay, I don't know if you've seen that or. Oh, absolutely. And I've even, you know, I've, I've done a, um, a short YouTube video on kind of grieving the ending of different relationships, because typically that you don't want to feel <laughs> what it feels like to end the relationship as it was, would it ever look like, whether it been through um, death or through a breakup or through infidelity, whatever it was, that's where the, the that grieving process, the fear, the anger. So a lot of times with my client, even in my business clients, I will give them a turn off time. I need you to turn your brain off from work, turn your brain off from everything else, open it up and allow yourself to feel. Mm. Um, there's a gentleman that I had that, you know, the holidays are coming up and it's hard. You know, well, they have already passed now, but with the holidays that were coming up, I had a couple crises call and it was truly open yourself up, allow yourself to feel and whatever way it comes out, let it come out. Yep. And he was able to, you know, cry it out yell it out, whatever it needs, however it comes out, you need to feel every part of it. And then we'll take that next step. So yeah, you you have to be able to recognize it. Yeah, and definitely. And and as we talk about the next step, which is healing, and how do we get from feeling to healing, we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to learn about this and talk about it and then how the authentic power helps us to heal. We'll be back in a moment. Recognize your purpose. Who were you really meant to be? To recognize your purpose is to live life with clarity. You are here because you're supposed to be here. You're not an accident. You're here to do something for yourself, for someone and somewhere. You have a job to fulfill and an everlasting mark to make. You are here on purpose. All right, welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy show where intimacy is real. We have been talking today about, number one, that authentic power, which we're going to go more into depth, and how we've all experienced a lot of trauma in these last year, two years, and how some of us, who have lost a variety of things, whether it's in these last two years or previous, and how we struggle with feeling. And one thing that Ashley um, talked about on the last time she was here last year, and of course, as we're getting into it now, is your mess is your message. How mm. to feel your mess, and yes. how we move through to healing. I love that, Dr. April. It's so true. It's like, I, and I, and so as my, I'm an entrepreneur also, and I run a PR firm and I always tell people that 
you have a responsibility to share your voice with the world. And like your mess is your message because when we get vulnerable, that's when you can connect with people. That's when you connect. And I have a whole chapter in my book about the power of connection through healing. Um, what I want to say about healing and particularly my healing journey is that what I learned is there's not one size fits all approach. The way that I mm. needed to heal what worked for me might not work for you, might not work for Coach K, might not work for your listeners. So I'm going to share what worked for me in hopes to inspire people to get curious about what might work for them. So the first thing that worked for me, of course, was giving myself permission to feel all these feelings. Once I did, once I got quiet and still and started listening to that wisdom that I had inside me I, and journaling it, I started getting some like just some interesting indicators. So the first thing I was like that voice inside me told to do was, Ashley, go join your church choir. And I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I have been since high school. Like, but it was the only physical thing that I could do. Like, I couldn't move, but I could sing. And I, I did love to sing. And so I did. And I was like, okay. And I found the most beautiful connections. And when I started singing, I'll never forget, I started singing. I was crying tears of joy. I don't know where they came from, but I, that's like the miracle that happened to me when I started listening to the wisdom within. I joined just, my choir. I yeah, just learning how to sing. Just sing. Or you already knew how to sing. It's just using your voice. Using my voice. Voice and to get out there and sing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the healing power of music for me, but also community, having that church community and connection. Mm. So powerful. And I shared with them what I was going through. And I know it's very hard to open up to people when you're going through any sort of health crisis. I know how hard it is to share what you're going through. Um, but I, and I was scared to do that. I used to think I could go through my Lyme disease and postpartum depression um, crisis alone. And that's not true. I, I would encourage you that if you are going through a trauma or crisis to open up to someone that you feel safe with, whether that's your therapist, a doctor, your church community, a partner, a friend, a loved one, whoever, because I found that when I started opening up, I was met with so much love and compassion and empathy, and it made me feel so much less alone. And I know that there's science that showed like the power of healing through connection. So that is yes. important. Yes. Connection is, I think, extremely important. If you're out there listening and you have a question or comment, um, please um, put it in the chat and we will answer your question. But you mentioned two great things, which was, of course, community and doing something that you love. Yes. As a way to heal. And of course, the third thing, of course, like as you mentioned, is, of course, talking to someone um, that you trust. Yep. Maybe a therapist and stuff to learn how to work through this healing process. Yeah. And I would say, even if you're scared to do that, the first thing you might get curious about, like, you know, do I not trust anyone? Do I not trust myself? And, and so for, and I didn't, I didn't trust myself. Um, and I didn't trust anyone. I don't think at the time, what I found to help me get over that was to journal. I started writing so much because again, I was so, so sick. I couldn't do it. I could physically do nothing. So right. I, um, I'm curious also with journaling um, and Coach K, I have a question for you that um, many times clients say, I don't know how to journal. 
how should I do it? You know, do I get this book here? Or I've bought 10 books. Do I start a line here? What do I put in my journal? Do I keep it? Do I not keep it? What do you say? I, I'm curious what Coach K has to say. <laughs> so whenever I talk about um, the journaling piece for any of my clients, I tell them that this is your book. This is, these are your pages. If it is a bullet point, something, if something comes to mind, jot it down. If it's a picture, draw it. Um, so I, I leave that space to the client because eventually they'll find their groove um, because I don't want them to feel like it has to look a certain way because then I've added a new pressure onto whatever is already going on. And so I like to leave that open space, which is going into that authentic power of themselves. What is it that helps you to bring this out? Is it just you scribbling on the page for that day? Awesome, because one day you'll look back at that page, just date it, and you'll be able to recognize, oh my gracious, I remember what I was feeling or what I was going through that day. And maybe then you can put it into words a little bit later. So I like to just kind of leave that artistic piece because creativity just like you were talking about music that artistic and creativity piece um in journaling is helpful and to remind them that it doesn't have to look like your neighbor's journaling yes definitely and i've also suggested to some people if they put something in their journal that they don't want anyone else to find it's okay to throw it away i don't know if you've ever thrown anything out of you guys's journal but i have <laughs> I burn I it. I, <laughs> I keep all my journals because I go back and I'm like, wow, look how far I've come. Um, but to Coach K's point too, like for me, journaling was like hard to start. I get it. Like I, I had, I mean, I started from scratch in the same way I started getting still from scratch. So I would just write whatever, like sometimes it was a question prompt, like how is my heart feeling today? And I'd be like, oh, I'm in so much pain and all this trauma is coming up. But I found that writing it out and just getting honest in my truth on paper was healing in and of itself. And so now it's become such a habit and practice for me that I write daily in my journal. I've got stacks of journals. I got journals here. I got journals upstairs. I got them everywhere because I know how incredibly healing it can be just to even take a moment in the middle of the day and write what's on your heart like just starting there what's on my heart in this moment and start there yes yeah and people don't understand the power of words of just letting it out yeah just yeah. get started that's mm -hmm. the important piece yes yes um the other part is the authentic power how do you tie in for people out there that are listening how do you tie in that authentic power to healing Oh, I love this. So, so using that example of like, I joined that choir, right? So authentic power to me is getting quiet and still and listening to within to that inner voice, because we really are the experts of our own lives. I didn't know it at the time, but I already had all the answers. I knew what it took to heal and what it would take for my body to heal. Like joining a choir might not work for you. Walking in nature might not be the thing. Journaling might not be the thing, but I got quiet and still. And I said, what does my heart need today? Truly. And what I felt called, what I heard back was Ashley start writing this. Mm. That's how my book, that's how my book authentic power was born. It was because I was sitting in a deep meditation and I, the wisdom that I heard within was write a book. 
And I was like, okay, so authentic power is listening to that wisdom within you, but also then trusting that wisdom. Now, it doesn't mean you need to go out and write a book or like, you know, buy a car or buy a house. It means like, okay, I'm going to get curious about what this voice is telling me. Like for me, it was like music, singing. All right, I'm going to join a choir. Right. That doesn't mean write a book to people. It could mean just write in a journal. For me, that's how I started. By the time I felt called to write a book, I had probably five journals filled of journaling pages, which are kind of compiled into this book too. Um, So authentic power is getting quiet, getting still, listening to that wisdom within you because you are the expert of your own life. You already have the answers. Exactly. It's accessing the answers that you already have within you and then trusting those answers too. Yes. It's that inner spirit and that inner spirit wants the best for you. Yes, it, people, it wants the best for you. So mm-hmm. some people say, I don't know how to distinguish between if it's me talking, you know, or if it's my inner spirit, but your inner spirit, it's not going to put you down. No. It and why not, does it, it wants the best for you. Yeah. Yes. Like, and it's for your highest good. Like, I mean, I'm working really hard on listening to my inner spirit. Like this year, it's like, Ashley, you are now giving up all alcohol. And I'm like, okay, so we're giving up alcohol. Like, <laughs> That's fine. And I, and I, I'm doing it because I trust that it's for my highest good. And it, it, it really is at that inner spirit and, and your authentic power is how you access it and how you access it by getting quiet, still turning off the noise, listening to within. Right. And then again, trusting that wisdom that you're hearing. Right. And even as I started earlier in the show about the word of the year, that word of the year for me, wisdom and patience came from my inner spirit. Telling me, hey, April, you need to learn how to be patient, <laughs> you know? Um, and Coach K, I don't know if you have any words on that um, inner spirit or that authentic power that's within you. That is something that I experienced um, after I had my second child. Um, some of you know kind of my backstory. I went from 17 to mother of two within a one and a half year span. So I, I didn't get to experience adulthood or womanhood. I was just mom. And I had two little girls under the age of two and I was cycling in my mother's footsteps. And so there was one day I, I put the girls down to bed and I popped in a Mary J. Blige. It was a cassette tape. So I'm gonna age myself a little bit. <laughs> I remember those days. And I laid in the living room floor of my Section 8 apartment, and I just let everything out. I just cried. I didn't even make noise, but everything of of hatred that I had for myself, everything that I doubted in me, I cried it out. I needed it out in order for me. And that day, I I vividly remember it. It was ugly blue carpet. But that day that I was able to tap into myself, the power of myself that I had been ignoring that got me into the predicament that I was in. Mm. Once I was able to do that and get all of that out, I've walked in my purpose from that day forward. And with my, my five children, first three girls, the last two are boys. I saw that number three, I call them my numbers because the names are too hard. So with, <laughs> with number three, I saw her building that um, lack of confidence and self-love within. And at about the age of 12 or 13, um, I had her to listen to, um, it's a CD by Lauren Hill. 
It's called The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Track 14. Mm. And I told her, I said, I want you to just sit and I want you to listen to that. And there's a line in there where she says, um, so many times we are searching outside of ourselves, not knowing that his grace is within being. So to make sure that you remember to look inside of yourself for those answers that you've been searching outside, because when you try to live for that outside, you will always end up just running in circles frustrated because it's right here. It's inside of you. So those are the, and Mary J. Blige, of course, is um, those are the, the, the things that shaped me and got me to the place that I am to this day. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love Mary J. Blige. And I remember that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ashley, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And if people are wondering, how do we um, get your book, get to know more about Ashley, please let us know. How do we connect with you? Oh, thank you so much. So you can just visit my website. It's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, Bernardi, B-E-R-N-A-R-D-I.com. Uh, you can get all the information about my book, Authentic Power, there and lear learn a little bit more about me. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And so coming up for our next couple of shows, we have um, next week is Jen Fletcher for Sexual Dysfunction and Intimacy. Then we have Nova, who's a great person. Um, and she does a lot of empowering. And she's going to talk about the relationships between creativity, intimacy, and sex. And then we have Pita who's on how to attract your soulmate clients. Wow. Coach K, we just had just that wonderful talk about that intimacy of that authentic power. Yes, this is, and, and, and even to this day moving forward, you know, from that time that I just shared, keeping that in the forefront of my mind and just always listening to, myself has kept me sane, sort of say. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there are some times where you, your mouth wants to say yes, but my no is on autopilot because I've listened to me and, and I tap into that authentic power. So I love this discussion that we had today so much. <laughs> yes. And I honestly feel even in the sense of um, searching for co-hosts, um, and I think that Dr. Kelly um, actually made a comment just on this show here. And she, me finding her was through my authentic power to through that. And the same thing with you, Coach K. In fact, Dr. Kelly and I talked, what about Coach K? I was like, oh, she has a show. She has a show herself. And then when it turns out that you like said, hey, I want to be on your show. And I was like, oh, I thought you had a show. It's that authentic. It's learning how to hear your inner voice. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. And I, I, I even I, that is, I believe the day that you said that out is the day that I felt it and heard it. And I saw it because I'm not on LinkedIn often. And so it all, it all comes together. <laughs> right, definitely. And I know both of us um, have retreats and in our retreats, we help people learn how, or even couples learn how to silence it down to be able to hear that inner voice and how that connection, yes. Um, can you just give us a little information about your upcoming retreat? Absolutely, so the 
Fools and the second annual Fools in Love Couples Retreat um, is coming up March 31st through April the 3rd. I have three spots open. We're only taking five couples this year um, because we want to make sure that we are attentive to all. It's held every year in Williamsburg, Virginia. The, um, the package is totally all inclusive. And speaking of this, this year, I do want to have um, a special guest that's going to help the couples to communicate without their words, tapping into themselves, mm. quieting down, and just feeling the communication versus always verbalizing it. So anyone who's interested in that, absolutely feel free to reach out to me so that I can get you the information um, because I know those spots will fill up quickly <laughs> and I want you to be a part of that. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I'm doing something similar. It's called Vacation Counseling in Costa Rica and Intimacy Retreat. And we're also having um, a spiritual aspect to it, which is fire, wind and earth and helping couples learn how to be more intimate. And like, like you, we're only taking a small amount. We only have two more spots left. And our retreat is February 25th through March 3rd. So if you're interested, please check us out. Coach K, this has been a wonderful time with you. And I look forward to this journey of the show with you. And thank you so much for agreeing to co-host. Thank Ashley for, again for being on the show. And this has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show where intimacy is real. We will see you guys next week live at three o'clock on Thursday. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody.